And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Space Suplex Podcast. This is episode 36, and I welcome, as always, uh, with me on the podcast, uh, my co-host Mike, and I am Matt. Hey, Mike, what's up? Nothing much. Just watching some good-ass wrestling. Good-ass wrestling. Does that exist anymore? I mean, because as far as I can tell, WB sure as fuck ain't the source. That's right. Their main roster is not good-ass wrestling. No, it's not. It's official. Take it from us. You can officially take it from us, at least from me, because while well, you specifically didn't really watch most of it, because you well, you were turned off a lot sooner than I was. But rest, let's put it this way. WrestleMania 34, as we mentioned in the previous episode, was shit in our opinion. Just utter fucking garbage. Everything that they could have done wrong, they pretty much did. And it got worse. And they still kind of do that. Still. Still. Yeah, indeed. They suck ass. Everything's wrong all the time. And since uh, we're uh, starting on shit show, you know, we should do that. We should talk about the shit so we can end on a positive note. What do you say? That That sounds good. good. Let's get that shit out of the way. All right. Because I was going to start with... Uh, the lighter stuff, but you know what? Nah, we're going to shit on WB first. Uh, so, so we, um, of course hadn't been around in a while because the whole, my PC had a specific problem with not wanting to record anything for my mic. Otherwise my sound card or sound abilities were fine as far as like hearing stuff and speakers are fine. So. All right, so, so we'll get in here to Backlash, <clears throat> which uh, when it came to tons of tag matches, that's what WrestleMania had and had lots of multi-man matches. So I actually looked forward to this one on paper anyway. Uh, little did I know it was going to be garbage, like it continued the garbage um, as it had been on WrestleMania. Because um, this one has literally only one tag match and the rest are singles. Which I thought would be a good idea, but not so much. <clears throat> so, um, but the ones, one, the one tag match was even kind of garbage because uh, Bob Lashley came back and all of a sudden was just randomly teamed with Braun Strowman, and you thought they were going somewhere, Braun Strowman, but then they give him that stupid tag titles at WrestleMania with the kid, and then they dropped him the next night because the kid had school, ha ha ha, and so now the tag titles are on a boring, the boring duo of Matt Hardy and. Ray Wyatt. I wouldn't say that normally about Matt Hardy, but they aren't going anywhere with a gimmick. So it's just he's just a bunch of delete, delete, and oh yes, and that's all yes. So when you're down to one notes like that, and same with Bobby Roode, just so because I can trash on him again. Um, <laughs> when you have a character that was interesting in NXT, despite I really didn't see it, I just heard about it, and then he comes in doing the same character, but now it's just. The pose and glorious all the time, you know. That's because like, he has. That's because he has no. He has no motivation to be more than that because he's just a bland babyface now. Right. He was a heel in NXT doing the the same overall style of gimmick, but that I feel like lends itself much better to a heel uh, when you're super arrogant like that. And it did. And also he had a fucking personality and he was able to be booked in a way that you know like i remember specifically it was against roderick strong at the end of his time there mm-hmm. and uh 
he was going after his uh, wife and family and shit and talking, just being really a pretty dastardly heel. And it just, it worked really well. And of course, now he's a bland baby face ever since he got called up and he's just unremarkable in every way. Yeah. So anyways, uh, so that's basically Bob Lashley comes back. Everyone thinks, oh, he should come back. And he, you know, basically they were like, if he did the same character he did in TNA slash uh, Impact, that it would be great. And it's true that it would be pretty good. But of course, he literally comes back and has nothing. Especially in this match, because this match here, his tag match is just a nothing throwaway. Uh, and, and then honestly, I'm not even sure why the fucking exists or existed, but... But then they, but then as people have seen since then, they did the whole thing with his bring up these sisters he has, these three sisters, and it, it made him look bad in what he was saying supposedly about them. But then it didn't look make those people them look any better. But then the, then they mocked the sisters by having guys come out dressed in drag, and it's just a whole fucking boatload of bullshit. Um, nobody wants to see that. The only person will see that is this man. If this man can suck my dick, um. Okay, so just to get that out of the way, so now we're going to go on to ourselves. The best course match of the night was the Rollins and uh, Seth Rollins. I like that. The Rollins. So the Rollins and Seth Miz, I guess that's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> but Seth Rollins have really been just been fucking fantastic this uh, whole year, uh, for, especially since WrestleMania. He's like the only bright spot in this whole dank, dark, depressing fucking main roster bullshit. Um <clears throat> I would disagree so, with you until uh, Money in the Bank, but okay. <laughs> you would what now? Disagree with me until Money in the Bank? Well, dis- well, what I mean is I would disagree that he's the only bright spot, but now I agree. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, I know why you're saying that. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. Um, yep. So anyways, he retained his Intercontinental title here against The Miz. Honestly, The Miz is also very much a bright spot for me. Um, as well, so I guess having them together in the same match is going to make a dynamite match as it did here, but it also makes it so that there's one less match with a dynamite performer in it. So I don't know what to say. Uh, but anyways, so we had um, Alexa Bliss get defeated by Nia Jax. Uh, so Jax retained the World Women's Championship, and I don't really want to go into um, the follow-up show, which was, I believe, Money in the Bank, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, that just came, happened about a week or two ago. I don't really want to go into that show because I didn't really watch it. But the fact that Alexa Bliss has a title again, regardless of how they got there, uh, just like, really, already? We're going back to you? And uh, I was already ty- kind of tired of you because you've had the title for fucking way too long and multiple times. But whatever, I guess. You can have your crap and eat it too. Um, so then we had... <clears throat> And on top of that, Nia Jax doesn't really... I mean, I think she does do better as a face just because she doesn't look like a person who would want to hurt you. She doesn't come off that way, despite they tried to do that with her at first. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that she's just a bland, personality-less human being. Like, for real, not just as a character. Oh, really? That's the way she comes off to me. I don't so know I would, how else you fucking. Do. I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about people like that because I don't know her. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say, man. She just she just doesn't have any personalities when she's on screen. I think it has a lot more to do with 
they just don't give them anything. And then the performers themselves are either not interested, don't have, don't know how, or just don't have experience to figure it out on their own, the stuff that they weren't given to, to do it. But I think it has more to do with they just didn't fill in the blanks and she doesn't know how to fill in the blanks for her personality, for the character. Well, I, I think that's more bad, awesome. That's more her fault then. At least somewhat, okay, maybe it is. Uh, I'm, well, it's both sides. Because she both should be trying... Both sides do it. That's not what we're talking about. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, moving on. Uh, Jeff Hardy, who had the... Has the currently actually still has the U.S. title, if I'm not mistaken. See, that's how quickly I just like don't care anymore because I don't remember who the fuck has what. But uh, anyways, <laughs> he defeated Randy Borton, um, who uh, uh, no, no. Blandy Borton, Bl- Blandy Borton. Yes. Yeah, okay. So so Orton has again, it's amazing. We're talking about this whole nobody has any personality, but it's just it's a constant problem. Like Randy Orton is also doesn't have much. No, he doesn't. And he's also supposed to be a face, too. Like, that's the problem with baby faces. They're so boring. Well, they don't have to be. No, they don't have to be, but they all are. Well, in WWE, <laughs> they are. It, it goes to show why 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 people latch onto the heels and like them when they should be hating them. Because they're the only ones that have any real personality. Because if you came out and be boring there, too, you wouldn't kind of really wouldn't be a heel then. So, I don't know. It's, Amazing, I right? love me some cool, cool heels, Matt. <laughs> mm. Yes, you do. We all know who that is. Um, what group that is? Uh, let's see. So, yes. Um, so, moving on. Then uh, Dan O'Brien defeated Big Cass. He also defeated Big Cass this last show in Money in the Bank, which made me wonder why the fuck they had a rematch. And on top of that, uh, apparently there was some issue with. Cass was not, they were not happy with his performance. But there has to be more there. Because if it was just that, they would, um, like if they were just, if it was just simply just, we don't need you anymore or we're not happy with your work, we'll just release you. But they, you know, and yes, yeah, it's 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 boring and bland to hear the whole, we wish you well in your future endeavors shit. Because you know they don't. It's just a. It's just a copy and paste thing. They're not. They don't really mean it necessarily. But they didn't even take time to copy and paste that for him. Like it just said he was released and that was it. I'm, I didn't even give a reason why. So there's definitely more to that story, as to why the fuck he was released. So, I don't feel that he was given much of a chance either. So especially since he was on the shelf with an injury, it's like I'm sorry. Did I, was I supposed to come back and like wow the world right away? I guess I don't know. I, I, I when he came back I liked uh I liked his mic work but he still sucks in the ring, so can't say I really care that he's gone. Well, you also wouldn't care if anyway, because he's on the main roster, you don't watch it. That's true, but just saying what I've Let's seen. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. That's how I can roll. Every time you got a guy that you like in NXT and they go to the main roster, they might as well have been released. Because to you they have been. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Like, they go up to the main roster, you might as well pronounce, uh, wish you well in your future endeavors. Because <laughs> <laughs> your future endeavors look bleak up there. <laughs> Let's be honest. And well, especially nowadays, I'm thinking that myself. I'll be honest further about Cass. I don't, I didn't care about him wherever he was, so. Oh, really? No, okay. I didn't care. I was never into the pairing with Enzo. I always thought that was obnoxious and stupid. 
and they didn't have and it didn't impress me in the ring either there so well mike i've got one word to describe you you're smart anyways <laughs> s m r t a there's an a in there. oh s m a r t that's right yeah. i forgot gosh yeah i know Homer, i'm so smart though you you're, can you're, tell you're, i can tell yes homer you live very smart <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we uh, move on to Carmella versus Charlotte Flair. Carmella defeated Charlotte Flair again. Or was it the first time? Fuck, I don't remember. Uh, anyways, everything's blurring together because everything's shit. So, <laughs> and if I'm, not mis- <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, she actually pinned her there. Or something to the effect. Which means that somehow a bad wrestler beat a really good wrestler. I don't get that shit. But there was one thing. Again, we're just just to just to lump it all together because it's all lumped together anyway, and it's blurring the lines of my brain. Where they brought back James Ellsworth, and that's how Carmella defeated Oscar at Money in the Bank. Yes, he he's he's, he's somehow uh, his appearance dressed up in her stuff uh, just put her in a trance to where she couldn't move because he didn't do anything. He just looked at right. her he's and he like, gave her a nice big wink. Yeah. Very very nice of him, and then and then <laughs> that nice. was and then that was it. She just like stared at him, really shocked, and got kicked in the head, and that was it. I'm like, wow, that's fucking dumb. So, yeah, dumb. Oscar, we wish you well in your future endeavors. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that that pretty much killed that character. Um. But I guess that's the point. I honestly think it is at this point. They do it too often. Um. So, in the never-ending feud of low blows, especially from Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, there was a draw... You mean Pinchasas. Pinchasa, that's right. Um, AJ Styles uh, retained only because of a draw in a no-disqualification match. uh, And then, at Money in the Bank, the same two went at it in the last-man-standing match. Mm -hmm. And... And once they, again, and they buried Shinsuke. <laughs> once again, AJ Styles wins. Yeah. So, it's pretty much done there at that point. I was thinking, you know, I I thought they would probably, if they're gonna give it to him, they gotta do it now. Otherwise, if not now, when? And the answer is never. So that's never gonna happen now. Nope, that's not. So now I he- hear people say, and I do have sort of a point, that there are more heels on SmackDown. Then faces for challenging for challenging for the main title. So if that's the reasoning, I kind of understand why they didn't give it to Shinsuke. But at the same time, then why change him face? Why, or why change him to heel? Just leave him face and let him win at WrestleMania. Then he has all those same opportunities. Yeah. Shh, never mind, Matt. Can't right. get the Japanese guy any any no. shot. Come on, it's it's not allowed. Nope. Nope. Not allowed. So then we had that random tag match that I don't care about. And we went over it. And then we had at the end of the show, Roman Reigns versus Smojo. I don't remember the reaction to that match, but it was probably it was one of the longest matches on the show. And as we all know, we don't want to watch Roman Reigns for very long. So, so that was shit. And I'm sure it was a little bit better just because Smojo was in there. But uh, what I remember vividly is people shitting all over the... Uh, Roman Reigns uh, match that he had was at Money in the Bank with uh, Jinder Mahal, 
which of course everyone was like, it has to go short and just let Reigns just mow over him just so we can be spared a long match here between those two. And of course you, you remember my reaction when I, when I looked up the time that the length of the match went and I was just throwing a fit and I was like, I can't believe it. And I was flailing everywhere. I was like, I can't believe this shit is, Oh my God, this is fucking stupid. And then I was, and then you're like, well, what was it? And it was like, 15 minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> Almost 16 minutes? It's so bad. <laughs> it's just so bad. Like, why would you do that? Well, clearly, Jinder Mahal shows he can go that marathon match, Matt, and he can just, uh, you know, really just show all, just put all in and just really impress, you know. In those long matches, that with that amazing in-ring skill and repertoire that he has, you know, he's very well known for this, Matt. Right, I guess. Maybe not. So yeah, I, I'm quickly now looking at the money bank results to see anything I missed, and the stuff I missed is fuck whatever. I mean, I'm sure someone will be like, "Well, what about the Ronda Rousey man?" I don't give a fuck about Ronda Rousey in pro wrestling at all. Period. End of story. The only because here's here's why here's why because the only reason that you would give a shit about her especially this early on is because well it's Miranda Rousey don't you know her from MMA I'm like I don't give a fuck about that I don't give a fuck give have, give me a reason oh is she famous I don't <laughs> care I don't care here's the thing like they think that that that's pretty much the only reason you would care. And I'm like, no, dude. Okay, it doesn't even matter if you care, if that's a, if that's why you like, oh, get interested in her, whatever, fine and all. If it, if that was the way it is, but you need to still make her make people make you give a care that she's in wrestling and why she wants stuff, wants to have compete as a pro wrestler. You still have to give her motivations there. You can't just be her motivation is because she's Ronda Rousey. Which is all it is so far. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Good for fucking Rhonda. Guess what? I'm like, can I be a famous wrestler now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yay! I'm awesome, guys. <laughs> so stupid. And and here's another complaint I have is that I hear a lot of people. I hear some people talk about how they like her, like they like her facials and shit. And I'm just like, when she gets mad, when she gets that mad look on her face, it looks fake to me. Doesn't it look fake to you? I mean, I know it's all put on anyway, but I'm just saying, you know, you, you do give some leadway in pro wrestling because even when Triple H was given that big scowl, it wasn't always, you know, super serious anyway. But the point is, is that when she does it, it looks like she's trying too hard. Would you agree? <laughs> I don't know because I haven't seen it enough. <laughs> no. I don't really remember. Like, I didn't watch I didn't watch the match of Money in the Bank. I didn't... I didn't I, barely remember anything that happened at fucking Wrestlemania. Well, you didn't have to see any of that because I mean, because she uh, she still did it on the shows going into these and that she was on, but it, again, it feels like that, oh yeah, you, you take her seriously because she was in MMA like you have to know that side but it's like, but, but she's in pro wrestling why can't you just give me a reason for why I should care in pro wrestling? Why does it have to be? I have to care about her MMA career before I can care about what she does in pro wrestling. Uh, that's so annoying. So, anyways, 
And um, while we're on it, since we need to shit, I need to <clears throat> explain to you people why uh, the WWE constantly books in opposition to fans. They don't care about making new good shows. They just care about making long shows. Now, why is that? I've got a very good theory on why all this is. And it's backed up, I think, pretty well, which is they just renewed. They got they got a new contract for Raw on a new station. They got a renewed contract on the existing station for SmackDown. Both of them, the shows are the exact same length, the exact same everything. But they got way more money for it. I think Raw was like triple the amount of money this time from what they were making last time. And on these TV rights deals bullshit. So they're making way more money on TV rights deals than any probably anybody spending money on their product. More than probably all the merch sales, probably more than all the ticket sales, all the pay-per-view uh, buys slash you know, network subscriptions. I really do feel that that's where they make all their money now. So guess what? If 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 comparatively your what you're spending on the product is peanuts, then they don't feel the need to please you. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so that's why I feel now someone might say, well, what about NXT? But NXT is a separate thing altogether. I really do feel that it is, despite being under it's it's under the umbrella of WWE, but outside of that, it's pretty much its own thing. Like it might as well be independent promotion just happens to be run by the WWE because it kind of feels like it in every aspect because there they actually they actually have performers and people that work on the show that actually care about what you want whereas on the main roster you get the people come up to it and it's not a graduation it's not a promotion it's a demotion because they constantly ruin every single character that goes up there I mean even if they don't ruin them well, you look at the Offers of Pain and go, where were they? They debuted and for like two weeks in a row. They had a spot, and then they haven't been seen forever. <clears throat> now, that specifically, I think, is because one of them is injured. But regardless, there's still a problem with the fact that you don't see them often. And I know that in NXT, you don't see everyone every week either, including the champion, and which is currently Al- Aleister Black. <clears throat> Praise be the, his blackness. Um, <clears throat> that sounded racist, but he's not black, so there you go. Can't be black, can't be racist. Um, so I don't know how to say it. Um, so what? So so that's. I feel like that's the rights fees problem, is that they're just making so much money there, they're making millions upon millions of dollars on these shows, and but then they also have another issue, which is direct result of the Trump administration. And you're like, how does this come in? Why are you bringing in politics? Because everything's political, dude. Come on. And so here's my theory on that. Because remember, they went to Saudi Arabia for a show. Did you notice? Did they ever talk about how beautiful the country is? Of they're coming, They also have a show coming up uh, soon here. It's going to be in Australia, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, they will never say, the wonderful country of Australia, it's so beautiful. They will not say that. They will not say that because in Australia, like in the U.S., when they put on a show, they are contracted and do business with the person of that owns the venue. That's it. But if you go to a, pl- a country that's a dictatorial regime, like Saudi Arabia, you're going to have to do business with the government. 
instead of just who owns the building because they own the building and they own pretty much everything. So what does that mean? That means they had to play ball and they had to push Saudi propaganda, which is why they said, the oh, beautiful kingdom of blah, 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 farts and shits. Um, <laughs> and, and this is where, um, I, I think notice they never got stuff like this before. And I feel like that this was the thing because who's in the Trump administration? Who is it? Who, who's related to the company that's in the Trump administration? Linda McMahon. Small business, uh, something or other. It's SBA, I think it is. But it says small business in the title. Administrator or what have you. So you're telling me that she... Because, I mean, come on. We got the president himself who does not divest. Still makes money off his own businesses. And makes even more deals based on his political position. You're telling me Linda hadn't done that too? Bullshit. Bullshit. She's not getting any press about it, but it's bullshit. Okay? So here's what happens. Follow me here. She gets in the power to make a play with... um, Because, you know, Saudi Arabia, with our tax money, went to weapons manufacturers here in the States. And then Trump gave made a big fucking... I don't remember how much it was, but probably, I think it was over a billion dollars worth of weapons sold, uh, or not sold necessarily, but given to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia then doesn't need necessarily all the weapons, so they sell some of them on the black market. They make a ton of money. Then they turn and use that money to buy uh, propaganda from the WWE, who Linda McMahon was the wife of Vince McMahon, who is more than happy to do this. And Trump, of course, doesn't think about anything and is also a family friend for years. So, of course, he's going to let this happen. And I think that's how... And so in a long, roundabout way, your taxes went to Saudi propaganda because your tax money went to the weapons that were given to them. They sold some of them, made money, and then used that money to buy propaganda via the WWE. And that's why they got that show there. It's not exactly that hard to believe. <laughs> I may not have all the details because I have literally no details, but you're telling me I didn't, I didn't happen to guess some of it right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I fucking did. So fuck the WWE and your fucking propaganda bullshit. That's why they made... They, so based on TV rights deals and Saudi propaganda money, they which came from your tax money ultimately... Yeah, they didn't. They don't need to care what you think. They don't need to please you on their stupid shows because ultimately, all they want you to do is get on our WWE network and get us all the views of because they all they care about is how many minutes people view. Doesn't matter what it is, no matter how long it is, which is why they make the shows so goddamn long. Because they figure if you're gonna sit down and view it, you're gonna sit down and view the whole thing, so they might as well make it longer. Which is why, from this point forward, I'm pretty much not going to watch, not going to cover or watch any of their main roster pay-per-views because they just made them all longer now. Right. And I'm not interested in that. Nope, not either. 
And that, and you know, as you know, for me, it took me a lot longer to come to the realization. But ever since WrestleMania, I was like, "Is this gonna get better?" And then backlash happened, which seemed good on paper, but then was utter shit in person. And I was like, "This is another shit show," and I'm pissed off. I don't want to. Wa- I'm not. I don't want to watch something I like and get pissed off watching it. That's not. That's not entertaining to me. That's not wrestling entertaining. You don't. You're saying you don't want to hate watch WWE. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> so, so when I watched uh, Chicago, uh, Takeover Chicago 2, I was like, why the fuck am I not watching this shit? That's why I would Why am I you, not? Basically. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're going to get on to that because uh, I want to be happy and praise shit and not close tabs that have Takeover 2 and Takeover Chicago 2 in it. That'd be great. That angers me too. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna whiplash into awesome territory. In that we had uh, Takeover Chicago two, and it was before Money in the Bank. Um, so, not that I need to say that because who gives a shit? So, first match was the Undisputed Era. Uh, this was Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong uh, taking on Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. Oh, I'm sorry, I said the name wrong. Oni Lorkin. Uh, sorry, I had to do that because it's weird and funny and weird. So, <laughs> so what's your thoughts on this match, brother Mike? Um, I gave it four and a half out of five stars. I think it's one of the best matches of the year. Um, the pace was just nonstop. It was like literally like, just think of the fastest pace match, and just, just uh, just like that's just what they did the whole time. It was the, it was, you could you could definitely describe it as relentless, <clears throat> and it was really, really good. I was very impressed, and they did it. Uh, they did it for 16 minutes. Oh, this ridiculous pace! Amazing. It was very impressive. It it, it was a lot like the uh, uh, there was a uh, six man tag match, but with the same two on two, but just add a uh, Adam Cole to the Undisputed Era and add a uh, uh, Pete Dunne to the uh, other side, and that was that was a match on their NXT show a few weeks ago. That sounds good. It was very good. If you can look it up, it's totally worth it. Uh, there was the main event of one of their, yeah, the whatever weekly show that they did it on. Oh, that reminds me real quick. When you said look it up, I'm like, well, I can't do it via the W Network because I don't want to give money to a propaganda outlet. So, just saying that. Because <laughs> I actually swore off their, I'm like, based on principle of what they've done. I'm not gonna buy even their network anymore, even for even for a month here and there, like I used to do. So, anyways, uh, back to uh, that was a little darkness in the light. So let's get back to light. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can I can I can get you to show if you really want it. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> that that was wonderful, and uh, the Undisputed Era retained the titles there. Um. And then next up we had Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. 
D-R-E-A-M is the Velveteen Dream. Um, <laughs> Velveteen Dream comes out as doing, he doesn't come out with the theme. He still comes out with his own theme, but he's dressed all in Hogan. He's basically doing Hogan mannerisms the whole time. I mean, it's fucking fantastic. It, I, I just love that dude. Yeah, he's wonderful. He, his uh, his attire says "Dream Still Over." Yes, instead of Hulk Still Rolls. So yes, I've, I've also heard that people said that uh, the the tights uh, he was wearing was actually uh, Ricochet's uh, Prince Puma tights when he was in uh, Lucha Underground. Yeah, I heard that. I don't know. I've never seen him there, so I can't. He probably was like, I need some. I need a cheap way to get tights that are red, red and, and yellow, and he probably that probably was the case. Yeah, but it works. I, no one no one really notices, except for hardcore fans. So it's not a big deal. So yeah, yep. but that was just fucking great story told in the match, and that's what I like. I like stories, and I like characters. I say match be damned if the story's great. And well, we can have this both, had, and this had both. That's that's the, that's what I'm getting at. You, yeah. you jumped the gun there, but yes, it was just fantastic. It gave me what I wanted, it, and it wrapped it in a mat and a great match that people like you would want. So we're all happy. It it pleased everybody, and that doesn't happen on the main roster. And it's another four and a half stars out of five. Yes. Jordan, three. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry to throw that out there. <laughs> and the whole story thing was basically a very simple thing of, you know, Velveteen Dream saying, you can do anything you can do, I can do better. Is kind of how it went. Right. So they had dueling spots like that throughout the match to where one of the ones was uh, Ricochet even did uh, Velveteen Dream's pose before he did his own finisher elbow drop off the top rope. Which, which is called? The Purple Rainmaker. Yeah. And uh, he actually lands it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Velveteen Dream never lands it when he tries it. <laughs> right. Yep. And they well, also... lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did lose. Uh, Velveteen Dream's Still zero wins uh, at takeovers, unfortunately. But it doesn't matter because he's still so good every time. It doesn't matter. Right. Just, it, just, it never hurts him. That's the thing. It's and, weird. And that, that's that's also interesting because like, I felt he was kind of lost in that the previous month's ladder match. But in the, but in So I just love him just being in a singles match. I just like I kind of don't ever want him to be in tag matches or anything more than a singles match because he really sh- – he just knows how to just do everything – and just, he doesn't need help. And I think if he gets help or gets someone with him, it kind of diminishes the character that we like to a degree. That's not anyone's fault. It's just the way it works out, I think. So. Yeah. He's got to have solo spotlight. That's all he's got to have. <laughs> Nothing. You can't, you can't have anyone else hogging that spotlight for Velveteen Dream. That's right. You can't, dude. You can't. Otherwise, people, otherwise the ambiance is, is not right. Right, and then you get great opponents in a singles match like Ricochet and like uh, Alistair Black uh, last year, and it just it just fucking is awesome, dude. I can't say good enough good things about Velveteen Dream. Like yeah. even in defeat, he like you said, he just 
he still wins. He wins in my heart. Actually, I forgot. He did win one takeover match. It was the one he had against Kashizono. Oh, okay. The one he was the, coming out with the boxing attire on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. He did win that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll give him credit. Yeah. I just forget because that's definitely the least standout of the ones he's done on takeovers. Right. Not not because it was bad, but because it's just, you know, it wasn't quite up to the level of the other ones. But it was close, you know, still good. Yeah. So uh, then the next match was uh, NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Shayna Baszler uh, defending against Nikki Cross. I like Shayna Baszler. Uh, I think she. I think it's a good choice to to have the title right now. Um, this is the first time I'd seen Nikki Cross in action, and <clears throat> I think it's pretty good. But I, I also, I also thought uh, it's definitely the weakest match of this night, but it's not saying much. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas when you say, "Oh, this is the best match of the night on the main roster," you're thinking that also doesn't say much <laughs> for the opposite reasons. <laughs> um, but here, I noticed how she's always doing this manic shit all the time, and it just reminded me of Sabu and how. Uh, uh, he Sabu himself was like, eventually, like, we just can't keep doing that all the time because it's like, it wears you out all the time. Because, <laughs> you know, how he was always, early in his career, he was, uh, especially in ECW, he was always acting like he was, you know, acting like a crazy dude all the time. And it just eventually just wears you out. Um, so, but I also noticed something about Nikki Cross when she did her entrance that I saw when Adam Cole came to the ring, uh, for one of the UK tournament uh, side matches, I guess it was, um, like non-tournament matches, where he comes out and he waited forever for his music to do the boom so he could do that. He's like, he's standing on April forever until it He does it. that all the time now. I know, but but he, he specifically waited forever because it took, because he, like, he just got up there as it already said it, so he couldn't do it, so he had to wait forever for it to happen yeah i'm like i know what you're doing and you missed the point so just don't it just looks stupid and awkward and forced <laughs> whereas uh nikki kind of did the same thing with the scream that happens during her theme where she kind of took forever and just stood there and waited until it did it it's like you just do your own you got a mouth just do the scream right now <laughs> but anyway <laughs> that's a that's a nothing like complaint but whatever it's kind of awkward but yeah it's uh like i said least exciting match of the night, but still really good work. And, uh, and, and in very subtle ways, Baszler is just, uh, really impressive. So, yeah, I actually want to, I would like to see Nikki Cross stay in NXT and, uh, I, actually... I don't see why you would move her up. And, and, like, and again, again, we're, we're acting like that that's somehow a promotion, which it's not. So for that reason alone, don't go there. Please don't go there. Cause well, well, yeah. you'll be future endeavored for sure. Um, well, I say that mainly cause, uh, I really like her. I've always liked her since last year when I first saw her. And she was put on a number of takeovers, you know, trying to win the title for Asuka at the time. And she was very, very good a whole time. So I would like to see her take the title, actually, at least briefly. Um, just because... Guess, like maybe as really a transition good. champion or something? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's just, like, I don't really care. Here, have it a month. Well, even, <laughs> if it's, even if it's longer. Even if it's like a real... Like a real rain. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm fine with it. It's that I just don't think they're going to do it, you know. And um, also, uh, when it comes to to <clears throat> people contemplating whether or not Velveteen Dream is going to go up to the main roster already, mm. 
uh, which I think is crazy. But he, he did it, that doubt. It that is in my mind too because uh, this week's uh, NXT show they showed something right after his uh, that they you know put up on their uh, website after his match uh, here at the Takeover where he was backstage and they were trying to get comment from him about the match and his character. And he said, he said, uh, something like, like, uh, I told you dream is over. And that was all I said, which makes uh-huh. you think that he might be moving on. And, Ugh. and I just like, that's horrible because they're not going to use him well. Cause it's, they never do. And no, especially they him, do. they won't. And, and, uh, plus there's no strip him down. It's not yeah. Yeah. Much. Yeah. And it's like, there's no rush with this guy. He's super young still. Like he's like 22. Wow. So well, I don't know what the rush is. (laughs) He's never held held any titles so far. Like I feel like I would like to see him. I don't think he needs any. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But because I honestly don't like the idea of, oh, they're popular and everyone likes them and they do good matches. So just give them the title already. Like some of them just don't need them. You know. Maybe, but. I don't know. I would like to see him challenge for Adam Cole's North American Championship as his next thing, uh-huh. because they haven't they haven't he hasn't had a challenger yet. They they completely left that title off of this takeover, uh, so they got to put it on the next one. But I, I but I have a feeling that that's going to be. Well, I don't know. I, I was about to say that I feel like it's going to be Adam Cole's defending against EC3, but that, that's two heels, so I don't know. You know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, then again, Velveteen Dream's technically heel as well, so that's true. Yeah. But but he's also one of those cool heels. So well, here's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> you put two cool heels together in a singles match, guarantee one of them is going to be liked. I mean, it's they already lot of liked as it is separately. Yes, it's just it, what will be interesting, which is why now I want them to do this. I want to see which one the people will cheer for. <laughs> or or which or which one of the wrestlers uh, tries to play the face, right? Because there's an example here. Uh, back in Wrestling Dontaku this year, uh, uh, Okada defended his title against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is now both technically are faces, but in that match, the 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 crowd was so firmly on. Uh, was so firmly on a Hiroshi, on a, on a Tanahashi side, like very much so, to the point where no no one was trying to 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 cheer for Okada like they normally would, to mm-hmm. where even the wrestlers were playing like he was taking Okada was momentarily taking the heel more of a heel role in that during the match. Yeah. Uh, to uh, well, that's working smart. That's knowing your audience. Yeah, exactly. And they and they did or it really even well. if even if you didn't know ahead of time that he would do that. The fact that you react appropriately at the moment is perfect. Yeah. yeah, and that shows how many people in New Japan are just so well versed in what they what their job is and and do it well. So, mm-hmm. but we'll get to them. Don't worry, we'll get to them. But right now we have to get to Five Star Lars <laughs> uh, because he and that, the only reason we're saying I'm saying that is because he had he was. A part of that ladder match from the previous takeover, which was rated five stars by Dave Meltzer. So. Yes. So five star Lars. And I mean, obviously. So five star Lars, right. <laughs> um, and uh, so he 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 uh, challenged Aleister Black. And this was Aleister Black's, I believe, first 
defense of yes. the NXT title. Well, actually, so. I think it's his second. He had a TV he, match. He had a TV match. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's against Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I, you know, I haven't really been watching it, so I just kind of figured that out. <clears throat> good guess, Matt. Good guess. I think that's what it was. I don't actually remember. <laughs> anyway, well, it was more of a. It didn't matter because it was because that was more of a just a a way to get uh, Ciampa and Gargano another time. So it was kind of just a backdrop. It wasn't really yeah, important. Yeah. So you could be forgiven for care for either not knowing or not caring that it, it was a thing. So anyway, so five star Lars here. Um, Lars Sullivan, he, he impresses me in ways I would never expect. Like he does have a limited move set. He's kind of just, he's definitely playing the big monster, but he does it in such an effective way that it, it does the classic, what, um, what people always talk about with, uh, Paul Heyman, how he booked where he'd hide your deficiencies and accentuate the positives about you. And I totally feel that's the case with Lars. They're just absolutely doing a great job with him. He's got a great entrance. Um, he just, and of course, Black, Astro Black. I mean, what can you say? He's, he's his entrance is equally amazing. And uh, and um, he he, when I saw him um, initially, I was taken in by him because of how kind of he had a lot of subtleties going on with his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't able to really appreciate it until I saw him at the last year's. Uh, uh, the previous uh, UK tournament that they had, um, where he was in a non non tournament match, uh, he was basically his debut for the company. Uh, he took on what was his name? Fuck it. He took on Neville, and he came out as his independent uh, wrestling name, Tommy End, and the character he plays under that name is similar, but there are. But he, he, he does more of the, I'm emotional, I'm going to get upset a lot, and I'm going to show it. Whereas, that's not the case when he plays as Aleister Black. It's more of a subdued, like, he doesn't really show his anger much, but you know it's there. Mm-hmm. You know you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's hard to explain. You kind of have to see how he was as Tommy End to know what I'm talking about. But it made me appreciate uh, his, characters, his character of Aleister Black much more. Um, but anyways, uh, they had a pretty good match and of course the whole, um, thing where it's kind of funny. I was listening to somebody review the show and they actually bit, he said he was like, Oh, I, I, I actually, um, almost bought that Lars would win the title at one (laughs) point. I forget the spot that he thought that, but it was a pretty pivotal spot, I think. And I was like. Yeah, obviously everyone mentions the whole the whole whiff of the black mass the first time and how it it kind of brought down the match for people. I personally don't give a shit. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know they made up for it because two more connected harder and probably real actually actually did connect because because <laughs> I bet I bet Alistair Back was like, well, if you're gonna if you can't sell a, a one that doesn't really hit you, well, then I'm going to have to really hit you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so he's like, Black Mass 1, Black Mass 2, down for the count. So it was great. I also think that the, even if that wasn't the intended ending to it, to hit two more, right? I think it was actually smart because it actually uh, helped 
Lars Sullivan's monster gimmick character yes. look even more stronger because he's like, well, it takes more than takes takes not one but two. Right, and and what yeah. that's another thing I just thought of. I love the buildup and even what they did early in this match. I repeated it, which is where Lars just like one handed catches him attempting the black mass. Mm-hmm. Like you caught the move. That's amazing. Like I know that the move is pretty simplistic, so. It's, but you know, you're selling it all this time as this devastating finisher, and he just like one handed catches it, just looks at him like, I don't think so, son. And then he gives him his finisher or what have you and wrecks him. It's like, that's just that's a great story. I love that. So I well, honestly, they even, they even started out this the takeover match by repeating that spot. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, yeah. they didn't, uh, he didn't do his finisher, of course, right after, but he, right, but it was like one of the first two moves or so. He tried to just finish it right away, and he caught it again, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. I love that. In fact, I actually would, and I don't think they're going to go back to this on the next takeover, because you know they're farther away, farther apart. But I think that they should do a rematch on TV at the very least for the title. And yeah, you'll still have Black win, but I think that it just it just makes you want to see a little bit more from these two because of how just intriguing the whole matchup was and better than anyone thought. So, mm-hmm. and it could be a kind of a make, make good on the whole sour point that everyone had for this one. So, yeah, I, I, I gave this one three and a half stars. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very solid, very good. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and I know you, you might, we probably would rate it higher cause I know you were very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> As you made it out. So. I don't know what I'd even give it, but I was definitely impressed. Even if I agree with your star rating, I still think it was really good for that star rating, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a, would you say three and a half? Yes. And so it was like a three and a half plus. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the thing. <laughs> like, I don't want to up it, but I want to give it a plus. Um, so then we had the main event, uh, Chicago Street Fight, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano added again. Uh, again, the subtleties and storytelling here give me what I want, and the the just the the fantastic uh, match gives gives people like you what you want, and it just it's just fun for everyone. Um, love the spot, uh, the story spot where uh, Ciampa takes the ring off of Gargano's wedding ring and just spits on it and throws it away. And then, of course, you have this is all after tons of shit already happens. And uh, then, of course, that makes uh, Gargano put uh, Ciampa through some series of tables, which then they start carting him off because he's like, oh, I'm too injured and shit. And because usually you don't see a, a good guy go and take a guy off of a stretcher. And, you know, but this happened here after. Gargano looked at his ring, his ring finger, and started motioning that where the fuck is it, yeah. and then realized where it was, realized that he took it off of him, and then got really fucking pissed off, and they actually let him sit there and stew about it for a little bit. Like that was great selling by him, mm-hmm. where he just like sitting there, you just see him getting really pissed about it, and then he's like, he's like, I know I shouldn't do this because you know you you see like the turmoil in his head, like like that's not right to attack somebody that's helpless, but this guy fucking attacked me when I'm helpless, and then did this insult to but injury. Fuck this this guy fuck this guy <laughs> so he fucking fucked that guy i mean not literally up the ass but you know he's probably thinking about it and 
<laughs> so so he goes over and he just fucking does all this shit. But the, but then at the end there was a I forget exactly how the, it ended. I guess you could fill me in maybe. Oh well, uh, Gargano took Champa to the ring and fought right. off more of the, stu- the supposed security, uh, and then got him off and he had him in the uh, in the ring. He had him in the Gargano the Gargano escape. Many to- a number of times he was already tapping, but there was no ref for the whole time because of what happened earlier. And to eventually, it got to the point where uh, um, he went around the ring, and he uh, Champa was actually cuffed by this point. Maybe oh, that's right, he was cuffed behind his back. Yeah, behind actually, no, back. no, it was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Uh, he was. He had him. He had his hands in front, but. Um, that's where we disagree. Whatever. Not the point, but still, he no. was cuffed. We can agree on cuffed. So he tried to get back <laughs> at him on the, because er, much earlier in the match they, uh, Champa, um, he re, he pulled back the uh, matting on the ring so that the wood boards were showing. Right, that was and, early in the match. Yeah. And they, uh, and at the very end they actually put it to use for the finish, where. Uh, Champa was uh, Gargano was trying to get to him. He was kind of coming into the ring to get to him, and uh, Champa uh, basically did one of those uh, draping DDTs onto the wood planks. Oh yeah. Uh, when he was trying, while he was getting in, or uh, under the, under the second and third ropes, or mm-hmm. whatever, and the first and second, whatever you know. And uh, of course, that's and then they got the pin there because they finally had a ref at that point. Conveniently, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, uh, just fantastic. As you can see, my demeanor is not so mean anymore because you did give me a shit show to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we'll we'll move on from this show now, and uh, this will be all you, dude. So I hope you love it. Um, love it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna love have it. To t- you, it was the best. I love it. I best. love it. Yes, I love it. The best show of the year. I'm calling it now. <laughs> it's not going to be surpassed. It will not be surpassed. <laughs> because this show had a main event that we already had these. We already had previously had a match this year that broke. Uh, that, that Dave Meltzer willingly broke his scale, his five star scale, to go to like six and a quarter or some shit or six and three fourths. That was last year. Yeah, okay, last year. Mm-hmm. But now he decided to break it further, uh, going to seven stars. So Now, the first time he broke it was actually uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11 with these two. He gave that a six. Oh, so this was the same two guys. Yes. So All three times, it was, he broke it further with the same matchup. Wait, three times? Yes, three times. He broke his uh, scale three times? Yes. I thought it was only twice. No, no, no. <laughs> the first time... Was yes. Wrestle Kingdom 11 uh-huh. that he 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 broke his five stars by going to six for that one. Okay, six. All and right. then the time limit draw that came later that year, last year, between the same two people. I think that was actually at Dominion as well last year, and he's like, "Well, gotta break it again, six and a quarter stars." So he broke it again. Okay. And then a year later, now with this one, he broke it again and went to seven stars. <laughs> it's the it's the Kenny Omega 
Kazuchi Okada um, uh, uh, ratings breaking, scale breaking. Yeah. Matches. They're basically making their matches out to say that every time they do another one, they're like, top this motherfucker. And they're like, okay. And then they do it again. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, the show I'm talking about is New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion 6 9 in Osaka Joe <laughs> Hall. <laughs> That's a bit much, but yeah, it's in the logo. It certainly is. Official title. <laughs> 6 9 in Osaka Joe Hall. <laughs> All right, so this this uh this this show went WB length, but when it's as good as it is, you don't mind it. It's also their their second biggest uh, show of the year. It's effectively their SummerSlam. Okay. Um, before SummerSlam. Yes, and uh, it's which better. We'll probably, it, but which it's I be- guarantee, once we find out how that one comes down, whatever that card will be, we'll probably like more like SummerSlam, Summer Sham. Sorry. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> so uh, their actual, you know, WrestleMania-esque thing is, is said Wrestle Kingdom that happens every January 4th. But that's a very strange timing, of course, because it's right at the beginning of the year. The very first thing they do, basically, is that for every year. Um, and that was a great, great show. But... Because it was the WrestleMania, so it has a bit of a bloat as well, like WrestleMania does, that has lesser matches on it. So therefore, it ranks lesser than this one, unfortunately for them. Still a great show, though. But this one is the best. So so, uh, first matchup was uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. It was El Desperado and Yoshinobu, Yoshinobu Kanahamaru as champions defending against Roppongi 3K, and they actually. Yo and yo. That's right. They they successfully defended, and I didn't think it was that great. I that was fairly solid. I gave it three and a half stars. Maybe probably should have given it three. <laughs> it wasn't that Whoa. good. Whoa. But I thought it was it was okay for a starter. It was it certainly wasn't expecting it to be the best. Um, I think uh, I think Conor Mara used his uh, whiskey bottle to to influence the finish uh, for this one. But you know who cares when it got way better matches down the card? You know you just forget right. about those things. Of course. Uh, the second match was a standard tag team match. Uh, it was Juice Robinson and David Finlay. Versus Jay White and Yoshihashi and Robinson and Finlay win. Um, this is essentially just to uh, further the uh, Juice Robinson uh, um, to be a threat to Jay White's uh, IWGP US title, which he's getting uh, a shot at uh, one of the upcoming shows. So, are you saying the juice is loose? It is now. All right, man. You watch him though. You always you, you'll be like, man. When does it not lose? Because that dude, <laughs> that dude's always that dude's always hyping his matches. I tell are you. Are you uh, are you a fan of Juice Robinson? I'm. I'm. Uh, I've always liked. You don't talk about. You don't really talk much about him. I think it's more well, because everyone else just overshadows him. But it's not because he's bad. Probably. No, no, no. He's not bad at all. Actually, the the thing is that it's just that he's kind of been in the background so far from what I've seen. Right. So. 
it's just kind of been like, I like him. I actually like him more than most of the lower card guys. So I actually am, uh, you know, so maybe if he can, if he uh, can have this title match and if he wins the title, which I actually kind of predict he will, um, then uh, I feel like he'll be able to um, show off his wares, if you will, <laughs> better uh, going forward, which uh, which is good because I actually do think that there's some definite capital P potential with him. So, uh, so I like him so far, you know. Uh, the next match I liked a lot more than I probably ever should have, but I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the, the last one I said was three stars. I didn't think it was that great of a match, to be honest. But anyway, uh, this next one was uh, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. They defeated uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Yo- Yo- uh, Toriano. I don't know why, but I really got into the stupid Toriano comedy spots this time. It's still the same old shit in his stupid whatever. It's not it's not bad, but it's just like, you know, he repeats it a lot. But I just I don't know why. I was just really entertained by it this time. <laughs> among the other among the other things. Which I like to finish uh, uh Suzuki and, and Zack Sabre Jr. got each of those guys into submissions at the same time. And uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Yano's the one that tapped out, so, yeah. which is funny. I actually gave that one four stars. Wow. <laughs> More for entertainment, not so much, uh, quality of match, I guess. Not that it was bad. It just, yeah. I was just right. highly entertained. So if you want to if you want to watch a match for more entertainment and less of a match quality there, I think that's a great one to watch. You will get your yucks. My yucks. Um, <laughs> it's like the yucks I, I got out of this random old uh, quick promo from Taz before. Oh, I saw uh, that. Oh my. Yes, God. that was so. I thought it was funny. I, I thought, thought it was funny. I thought it was pretty stupid. But anyway, <laughs> did you? God. <laughs> the, the, what I'm talking about is a random. Uh, was it on SmackDown or something at the time? Um, early 2000s. He was teaming with. Um, Kai and Tai, and that was when they were doing this. They had this voiceover where somebody else was speaking for them, <laughs> and they would just lip sync. It was back when they were doing the Evil Indeed, uh, if you remember that era. I and, do. And uh, you do? Indeed. Um, <laughs> and um, so Taz just comes out, and he talks about these crazy ninja guys, you know, talking about Kai and Tai. And then he just talks about uh, how too cool. Uh, the team of the team called Too Cool were, were Two Fools, and then the best part was when the was when the voiceover was talking for Taka and saying, and it, but he's acting like he's talking, and he's like, he's like, oh Taz, you so funny because you do you change a C to an F and you and and it just makes it funny or something like that. I, I can't do it as funny as that happened, but it was just so hilarious. And of course, then he always passed off to Funaki. Who also has a, a guy voicing over, but he only ever says "indeed." <laughs> <laughs> or this other one I saw. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to. Or he he comes out with a talk comes out with a with a supposed girlfriend. It's like she's hot, she's voluptuous, and the best part is she's evil. And then of course he passes it off and indeed. So. <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest shit ever. So Anyways, we'll move on. <laughs> 
So uh, the next match on Dominion <laughs> is uh, there was the Never Open Weight Championship match. It was three way with uh, Michael Elgin defeating Hiroki Goto and Tai Chi. Everyone's favorite Tai Chi, by the way. Um, <laughs> that sounds a bit sarcastic. I don't know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a, a pretty solid match and uh, similar to. Uh, I think it was Elgin's match at Tontaku or some other recent match where he starting to throw off more athletic ability that he I have never seen before. So I was actually like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> but uh, he won it here. He won the title. And then he lost it again recently. <laughs> Back to Goto. So Fantastic. I, I don't know. It just goes to show that the never, the never titles just don't mean anything. And I wish they'd just get rid of them. Um, but uh, you know they did a good match you'll never have this title for very long well actually that's not true Uh, Goto which prior to losing it to Elgin and winning it back he actually held it since uh, since Wrestle Kingdom so all all of this year so ooh all of this year you don't say yeah and now he has it yet again uh, they're actually going to have a, a rematch with uh, uh, Galgan and Goto, and minus Tai Chi, thank God. Um, at the uh, at the yeah, uh, Tai Chi t- or, or, uh, Elgin only had it for eight days. Yeah, it was like a week. <laughs> yeah, he lost it in one of the days of of the current ongoing Kazuna Road multi-day uh, yeah thing they that got going on. Um, but uh, they're having a rematch for that title. Without minus Tai Chi at the uh, G1 in San Francisco special upcoming uh, in a few more weeks, so that should be a lot better because it doesn't have Tai Chi in it. <laughs> I can't tell. Are you down on Tai Chi? How dare know. you be down on Tai Chi? Whoever the fuck that is. Anyway, he's a guy with a, that's not great in the ring and also has a bad gimmick. So yeah, there you go. Basically, he won't satisfy anyone. Unlike uh, what you were saying earlier. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Oh, you mean about the Kayente shit? <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, you were describing a lot of the uh, stuff on the takeover as you know, satisfying people who like work rate and satisfying people like me who like uh, characters and stories. Oh, so he's not doing either. No, he doesn't do either one well. <laughs> <laughs> he satisfies nobody. <laughs> oh, sounds like main roster WWE. Anyways, going on. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> So the next one is uh, the IWGP Tag Team Championship match. So the heavyweight tag teams championship, and not like the I got this. Match. I got this. I got this. You do. I got this. It's uh, a yeah. Young Bucks versus Sonata and Evil. That's right. Indeed. <laughs> Had to. Uh, of course you did. Uh, Sonata and Evil actually lost the titles here to the Young Bucks, which is. Much to my surprise, I expected because they, the Young Bucks already have uh, already six-man tag champs, the never open-weight six-man tag. I thought that they wouldn't get this one, but then I failed to realize, oh, yeah, that's right, the never titles don't mean anything, so it's like they don't have titles. Right. So, uh, so they're being dual champions is basically uh, not all that meaningful. <laughs> right, especially <laughs> and, when it's those titles. Yeah, yeah, well, the never ones, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they won this one, and they actually... Um, uh, put on, uh, in my opinion, the first of three five-star matches in this in this uh, pay-per-view. Holy shit. 
A lot of people aren't talking about this one, and I understand why, so I give them a pass. But damn it, you need to talk about this one. <laughs> it was very good. Yes. They even won with their old finisher, more bang for your buck, instead of uh, their their more current stuff, you know. I guess it's more... But of, hey, they gave you more bang for your buck, so it's named right, correct? That's right. They sure did. <clears throat> but as we know, uh, as you've said in tweets, that uh, any any uh, success the Young Bucks get, especially when it's this, and it's a great, great match, you've got a certain wrestling personality that's turning over in his future grave. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Jim, you just don't like wrestling anymore. It's just how you are. Yeah, honestly, that's the case is. How about you take your lawn and get off of my lawn? How about that? <laughs> take your lawn and get it off my lawn. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but yeah, yeah, please take it away. Get your disgusting grody lawn off my lawn. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so next up match uh, was the Bullet Club. It uh, consisted of Cody, Hangman Page, and Marty Skrull against... Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice and Thunder Liger, and Rey Mysterio Jr. in a six-man tag match. Hit it. Hit it. Uh, this, they did. This was they a, did each other. They hit it. That's right. They hit each other mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yep. Um, it was surprisingly a little shorter than I expected, but I still thought it was a lot of fun. I gave it gave it four stars because um, this, you know, you got all that super babyface team. I mean, let's think about it. Look at them. Right, like, they're the most over fucking face team in Japan. Yeah, you got you got all three of them are just like fucking mega baby faces. Uh, but uh, they have I, a great team to work against too. Yeah, and they did. So who can complain? You know. I mean, when Cody from Final Fights in there, I just gotta have it. Oh my god, Matt! I know, right? Oh, <laughs> that was a that was a pretty good fun. Good time, fun match, where the heels heels beat the baby faces. Yep. Then we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. It's Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay, and Hiromu Takahashi defeats him to become the new Junior Heavyweight Champion after already winning, getting this title shot from winning the Best of Super Juniors this year. Which only happened like a few weeks prior to this event. So he took that win and got his chance and cashed it in very quickly. Um, and this is the second five star match on the card. I swear I have like a bazillion matches on my um, best wrestling matches list. of the yeah. year list that have features uh, Will Ospreay. I have a feeling that you're going to have to, uh, when it gets into the year, you're going to have to be like, I, you're going to get down like two or three, probably two, matches where you can't, literally cannot pull yourself to choose one, and we'll have to choose both. You'll be like, <laughs> I, got, I got a tie here for number one best match of the year, so you'll just have to <laughs> fucking deal with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I already have a, this is based off what I watch, obviously. I already have 20 matches on this list. Jesus fucking Christ. And most, a lot of people, they... Tap, dancing. Yeah. Ugh. They won't... I actually, don't, I actually don't have the Tanahashi Okada match on there from Duntaku, so 
I'm sure a lot of people don't like that fact, but I can't help it. I wasn't super into that one. So, a lot of people were. I remember that after the fact. So, just tell them to shove it up to Dantaku then. (laughs) 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 But I'm glad to see uh, Hiromu's back on top in the junior division. But I I wouldn't have minded if Osprey had retained, honestly, and then he was chasing him for it for a lot of the rest of the year because they're both great and I like them both. So. You like, you like, you like. It's all, li- it's all likes here. It's all likes here. Yes. Hey, this next match, I know this guy. Chris Jericho. <laughs> I know him. Yeah. And he's against Fuckface. At least that's what I heard it was said. <laughs> Chris Jericho versus <laughs> Fuckface. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fuckface. Uh, so the IWGP Intercontinental Championship was on the line. Uh, say the name. Say the name. Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, it's his first name. That's the problem for me. Which is funny because Okada's first name, I love it. I love the sound of it. Kazuchika? Kazuchika. Um, <laughs> that was a really bad version of what I normally would say. Um, anyway, so... Naito uh, loses to Chris Jericho, and even though Jericho's probably not going to be a normal performer and like an, a constant performer over there, hey, anyone who complains about that, I just say, case in point, Brock Lesnar, shut, shut up. <laughs> well, I, I um, imagine he's going to appear more often now because he is the title holder, uh, which is something, of course, I doubt most anyone predicted correctly this match because I sure didn't. I didn't expect him to win. Right. I was like, yeah, he's just coming in. He's just going to be his dumb heel self. He's going to get beat by Naito and that'll be that. And maybe he'll do some stuff in the future, but who knows? But the answer, of course, is no, he won and he's going to continue to do stuff because now he's a title. So that's pretty crazy. I actually liked it a lot. This is a four and a half stars for me. Uh, Chris Jericho just came right out the gate, just like putting him through tables and shit. <laughs> fucking wonderful. Chris Jericho as the uh the the fuckface heel if you if you will. <laughs> so good. <laughs> like I like his stupid list thing on WWE, but it but at this point I'm kind of tired of it, so it's like eh. Eh. Especially Sorry, since that, really... that's it. That's it. You're on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably you know what happens say. to people that don't like my list? You're on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a really good, really good uh, match. Chris Jericho in his 40s still uh, still doing it, still doing it. Yep. I, I even went back recently to watch some of his uh, his Dean Malenko promos from. WCW. Oh, yeah. When he had that stupid photograph with him. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Now I'm going to bring out here, I'm going to bring out his, 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 uh, uh, well, I don't know, his, like, relative, bore us Malenko. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come shit. on, Greenberg. <laughs> when he was calling out Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> calling him Greenberg. Yep. Uh, that's what's funny because that was literally true as far as, you know, the the uh, 
you know, the alternate word to call someone that doesn't, that's not very good to call them green. Oh, or at least that are new. Yeah. And they're still learning. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's always fun. So it's very accurate too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Uh, and then lastly, we have the match of all matches, according Steve, to Dave Steve, Meltzer. Yes, the 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 the, the three-time uh, ratings chart buster <laughs> match, Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. Um, are you laughing because I said it wrong? You kind of left out the second, the last K there, but that's fine. Fuck. <laughs> Face. Um, <laughs> and this is for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Two out of three falls. No time limit. Do I have any more fucking stuff to put in here? We have to have a winner. Oh, that's what I forgot. Break this tie. Because they were one and one. And for one. over an hour. So anyone who says only Ric Flair can be the 60-minute man. Well, I got the 64-minute man. It's called Kenny Omega. <laughs> and Kazuchika Okada. And Kazuchika Okada. Well, they both went 60 minutes prior to that. That was the six and a quarter star one last right. year. So, yeah. They've done it not once, but twice. Son of a bitch. Um, so, yes. Ken Omega finally wins the IWTV Heavyweight Championship. In a rate, a busted rating, seven star match out of five. <laughs> figure that one out. I don't do that to my my ranking, so I just gave it a five. But it was still, it was the best match. Five plus 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 plus. Yeah, you know, it's whatever you need. Five. And don't beyond. let this five out of five fool you from the rest of the five out of five matches I've given. <laughs> this one's way above that. It's an extreme five out of five. <laughs> It's like those post-it notes I'd seen on a fast track at work where it's uh, extreme post-it notes where they stick under any condition. Well, this match can stick under any condition, too. Whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) It will weather the storm of time as being one of the best matches ever. I think that's what I meant. (laughs) Sure, you can twist yourself into that one. That's fine. Hey, at least it's not the pretzel twisting the Republicans do to defend Trump. Oh, shots fired or something. Mm. Oh, take that. You just saw a regular Adam Cole waiting there on the apron for that. <laughs> Man. That's right, baby. That's right. Adam Cole, baby. But uh, I actually, I remember a lot of people making predictions for this show. They did not. They predicted Okada would win. I'm one of the few who, not only did I predict Omega would win, but the second they set this up at Dontaku or whatever, after uh, after the uh, after that so, match, so that, after after Tanahashi lost, yes, they did it right then. They did mm-hmm. they uh, set up this match right yes. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd seen that, and that's when you called it already for Mega. Yep. Ooh, calling it fast and early. That's mm. right. Got those prediction skills. I mean, I really didn't because I went three and six in my predictions for this uh, Dominion. <laughs> right. But it's not. It's not. It's unlike uh, with where I kind of did that kind of same crappy uh, streak for WrestleMania, and I hated what hated it. Whether it happened that way here, I didn't care because everything's amazing. So what, right. what am I complaining about? You know. 
but uh, yeah, it's one of the three matches I guessed right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I remember from WrestleMania when everything was just not very good and very kind of a bit shit. Um, so the only thing I had left was for my outcome to be right, to be happy about something. And when they fucking threw that under the bus, too, I was just like, fuck you, sons of bitches. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I I don't know what to say. I mean, they, they went they went to it's such a good match. They went to you know, all three falls, of course. That's pretty predictable that they would do that, but that's not surprising. But what was kind of surprising a little bit is how they did it in that Okada actually got the first fall. But he didn't even do it, get it with his own finisher, even though he landed the finisher many times in this match. But he got it with like a kind of roll-up sort of, you know, uh, maneuver and got it that way. And then uh, Omega got both of his with uh, One-Winged Angel, which is what you'd expect. Um, and uh, what's f- fucking amazing is like when any on any match of this length doesn't feel as long as it felt as you think it would feel. I think that says a lot about what what the guys are doing between those rows. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wouldn't on repeated views, but when I was watching it, and, and mind you, this was a long pay per view, and I still didn't feel like it was like it was long, but I didn't feel like it was super long, which is or I wasn't tired of it. You know, it uh, really was what I mean. So. It goes to show that if you like them, like it reminds me when you say that, it reminds me of of um, when I watched, and I know I already mentioned this to you, but I watched the there was a three hour version, <clears throat> the theatrical version was like three hours of for Dance of the Wolves that was released in the early nineties, and then there was also a four hour director's cut, and I watched the three hour one. And then I found out about the four-hour one, and the very next night I watched the four-hour one, and I didn't feel like I was bored watching it. So, so there you go. Shows when it's good, it can be long, but when it's bad, a not long can feel like it takes forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So obviously, I have no qualms to say that I rated this whole show an A plus. I, I I did have a line on my blog that said it was my first A plus rated show since I started getting back into wrestling about a year ago, but mm-hmm. it actually wasn't. I looked back and actually Brooklyn uh, Takeover Brooklyn three was actually also an A plus. So A plus 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 plus. That's right. All the right. Plusest. Yes. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of. Space Lewis Podcast. Hope you enjoy as much as we did speaking. Um, so we have I have a plan since I found an old disc of TNA pay-per-views. Uh, TNA, speaking of five-star matches, since this is kind of how I can segue into this shit. <laughs> uh, Unbreakable 2005 TNA pay-per-view had the main event of... Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels. The only five-star match in the company's history to date. We're going to watch that event, and we're going to come back. So basically, the last time we did any like retro-style reviews was the only one, the one we did, which was No Mercy 1989. So if you want to get uh, an idea of that whole thing, you can listen to that one. And so we're going to watch that. 
and then we'll come back to you hopefully sooner rather than later. That so this has been uh, Space Suplex episode 36, and uh, you can catch Space Suplex on Twitter at Space Suplex, me at Heart Knight H A R T K N I G H T, also Heart Archives by same spelling there for Heart dot uh, WordPress.com, and uh, Mike, what do you got? Well, I have uh, Usagi704, U-S-A-G-I-704. You can find me on Twitter under that name, YouTube, Backloggery. Um, add an underscore between the letters and the numbers, and you'll find me on Instagram. So that's it. That's all we got. All right. Thanks, guys, and see you next time.